Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Brannigan Communications Podcast. A reminder to please subscribe, rate, and review on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Find us out there and let us know you're listening. On today's show, Ashley and Skylar discuss the recent wave of true crime across all sorts of content mediums from podcasts to TV shows. They discuss some of the insights that communicators can take away from this regarding storytelling, some of the main um, tenets of these stories that engage and grip us as a collective. They also discuss their favorite true crime shows and podcasts and make some recommendations. So enjoy the show. Brannigan Communications Podcast. You're here with Ashley Robluski. <laughs> I'm a senior account director at BC. And I am Skylar Michaels. I'm the graphic and digital designer here at Brannigan. And we're going to talk about a topic that Skylar and I are really into. We recently gave a presentation for our staff about the true crime wave and what true crime and true crime stories and entertainment can teach communicators about compelling storytelling. Yeah, so we, as Ashley just said, we're both obsessed with true crime everything. There are so many podcasts out now, um, so many documentaries, and we wanted to find a way to work it into our presentation. And by the way, Skylar, um, the Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron is on Netflix today, Ooh, so I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yes, definitely. I have not seen that one yet. So when Skylar and I decided to do this topic, we did some research. Uh, true crime really is nothing new. I feel like it's really taken off in the past five to ten-ish years, yeah. especially with podcasts, but it goes way back to even the 1600s when people mm -hmm. were packing picnics and taking their kids <laughs> to see public hangings, super morbid, but going family through activities. family activities. I mean, why not? Public hanging during the day. <laughs> um, pamphlets that were written about local crimes, Edgar Allan Poe's, like the original true crime storyteller, mm -hmm. all the way through, you know, the 1960s with Truman Capote and In True Blood. Um, so it's a really hot area of I'll say quote unquote entertainment. We want to be always sensitive when talking about true crime because it's real people and real victims in real lives, but it's it's exploded. Yeah, it's fascinating, honestly. I was never that interested in it. Um, but the last couple of years, especially after I listened to Serial, mm -hmm. season one, the best ever. The OG. Yep, that kind of exploded for me and just listening to any and all true crime podcasts some are amazing some are better than others but crime junkie is another one i love yes and i think the best thing about crime junkie is the storytelling and how Britt and ashley kind of set it all up and just go into such detail about these crimes that have happened over any any time and it's just super interesting to listen to so yeah and side note i think we need to um tag 
Britt and Ashley yes. when we post this because Shout out they to should them. know that we're huge fans. And <laughs> yeah, definitely what Skylar said, I think they take, they were really kind of our inspiration mm-hmm. for this and the way that they share these stories because as Skylar and I talked about it, you know, police reports, even some articles in the news can be really weighed down and heavy, but the way that Ashley and Britt really research who these people were um, before what happened to them and really bring to light who they were as people, what they did in life, and really add these intriguing details that suck you in and you just, I mean, I can't wait for Mondays (laughs) whenever there's a new episode. Okay, um, should we just go back or get into the um, hesitation kind of? Yeah, so I think that's a good segue to what Skylar and I talked about during our presentation. Um, There are lots of things to storytelling, but we really tried to find the connections between, obviously there's the kind of sensationalism that comes with true Mm -hmm. crime, whether it's any one of the missing people or murdered stories on Crime Junkie all the way to, you know, Bad Blood, the book written about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. There is this element of sensationalism and there's a shock value, but we really tried to take the pieces of what we felt some of the best true crime storytellers included when they were sharing, um, retelling these stories and see how we could apply that to what we do as communicators day in and day out. Yeah, because we don't always have that immediate intrigue. It's not top, like front page Mm -hmm. shock value, like you were saying, but there are so many things that you can pull from in any story. Uh, One being narrative proximity and just really relating to your audience is what that is. Finding ways to be relevant and connect with them. whether that's you're the same gender, you have the same job, you have the same issues, or you live in the same town. It's just finding out more about your audience and really using that. Yeah, and I'll say with narrative proximity, it really hit home for Skylar and I when we looked at true crime examples. Wisconsin has some major true crime stories. We've yes. got Ed Gein. We've got Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. More recently, we have Making a Murder that took place in Manitowoc. So there's a lot happening in Wisconsin when it mm-hmm. comes to true crime, which could be this kind of a scary yeah. thought. I'm <laughs> not sure where that's, where that's going to put us. But it is super, it's interesting. And even with the Jamie Kloss case that just happened, it's like everyone was tuned in, especially because she was missing everyone was kind of keeping tabs on that and wondering what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. You know, is she still out there? That kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that ties into another thing is keeping that suspense and kind of wondering what, what, what comes next? Your reader always wants to know where, where you're going. So another thing we touched on, which we've, kind of already alluded to when talking about Crime Junkie is vivid detail, right? It's not enough to just say, and she walked past the store. You need to describe the woman who's walking past the store. She was tall. She was blonde. She had on a red dress. (laughs) You need to describe the store. It was a furniture store. It was 99% Mm -hmm. off sale. That's why she was there. 
Um, just adding in those details to really pull whoever your audience is in, it's more intriguing for them um, to take it a level down. Mm-hmm. And then another really important piece, I think, in storytelling is finding that emotion in the story, no matter what it is. It could be a happy story, a sad story, just kind of a shocking story. Whatever it is, there's a way a way to spin that. You don't have to be talking about necessarily something super sad. Mm-hmm. But you can tug at the heartstrings. You can find that emotion in really anything and relate that again back to your audience and find a way to connect with them one way or the other. Yeah, and that's really really closely linked to narrative proximity. Obviously, you know, experiential is one of the kind of layers of narrative proximity that we talk about. So we talked about the Madeline McCann case Mm -hmm. when it came to emotion and how if your experience is you're a mom and you have a little Mm -hmm. kid who's that age, that story is probably going to be more gripping to you if you're, you know, in that audience because you can just feel so much more for that, those parents Mm -hmm. and what they're going through. Well, and that's something interesting that you found how women actually tend to be a lot more interested in true crime because they can really place themselves Mm -hmm. in that setting and see themselves, something possibly happening to them the same way. And women, how did you explain it? They kind of use that as a way to like... It's a self kind of preservation thing. You think about, you know, obviously there are no no sure things in life, but women put themselves in these situations to kind of play them out and say, okay, what would I do in this situation? What can I learn from this? Which the fact that there are lots of women who are true crime fans makes me feel Mm -hmm. a little less weird. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're not the only ones. And it's so true though. Every time I'm listening to something, sometimes I can get so in my head because I am putting myself in these situations, you know? double checking the door at night to make sure it's locked because you never know who's around the corner, who's coming to get you. You should always keep your doors locked, Skylar. (laughs) Don't take the dog outside and leave it cracked. I've learned my lesson. Don't take the dog out late at night by yourself. Yes, without a phone. Exactly. Keep those things handy. Be aware of your surroundings. Yes, always be double checking What do the crime junkies say? Stay weird, stay rude, stay alive. Yep, that's the motto to live by. Exactly. One of the other things we talked about were these unanticipated details, something that just totally floors the audience Mm -hmm. and makes the story kind of move forward. So again, it's that shock value kind Mm -hmm. of idea, but if you can give your audience something that they're not expecting, it's just going to pull them in even more Mm -hmm. and lead to this idea of what comes next. Yeah, having something unanticipated kind of throwing a curveball into the story is always going to keep people on their toes. And one example we explored a little bit and talked about is the Elizabeth Holmes uh, scandal and everything with Theranos and just how bizarre she really was. I mean, what is going on? (laughs) First of all, I will never understand, but something that was really shocking to her and that everyone couldn't believe. And I know the first time I heard it I was like this this can't be real this isn't right (laughs) yeah her voice I mean if you guys haven't heard her voice you need to hear right now maybe we we should cut it into the podcast oh yes (gasps) we should oh that'd be so good we have to do that okay edit Nick boom (laughs)
No, it hasn't. Well, if I use traditional words to describe what we're doing, it's hard because people then associate it with conventional processes. Uh, but not only is her, is it the fact that her voice is very deep and just different? But it's it also sounds forced. Yes, it sounds super forced. forced. And then seeing her, you would just never expect it. She's like this pretty little blonde girl mm-hmm. who. All of a sudden, she opens her mouth, and you just don't know what's happening. <laughs> what is going on? Yes. Uh, it's it's nuts. And then what comes next? So we got into this a little bit, but I think, too, especially with true crime specifically, mm-hmm. there's a desire for a conclusion, right? We're all intrigued by the unsolved mysteries, but we really like to have that conclusion of what happened to this person. Where are they mm-hmm. now? Um, we can apply that to everything. Any kind of story that we tell, any content we push out, we need to have that conclusion for the audience. And so we talked a lot about the Adnan Syed ca- case mm-hmm. and uh, Serial and how Sarah, oh my God, what's her last name? Koenig. Sarah Koenig, who is the original true crime podcaster. She the made pioneer. the genre explode. How mm-hmm. she just created this really compelling story that people needed to have some sort of conclusion. Oh she left it up in the air. It's did Adnan do it? Did he not do it? What's the deal with Jay? Who are all these people? What's with the cell phone pings? People just weren't satisfied. Yes. And now this this audience, these people, these followers have taken it upon themselves. There are, have been more podcasts. There have been books. There's been the recent HBO documentary mm-hmm. that people just want to get to the bottom of it and find that conclusion. And through her storytelling, she really created that desire and that movement. Well, and I think that's what was so interesting and to me really captivating about that podcast is she obviously wasn't really going one way or the other. She was just putting everything out there for mm-hmm. you. And it was just kind of interesting to be able to make up that, make your own decision, decide kind of what you want, where you think, or what you think, whether he did it or not. And then, yeah, that is something that is kind of nuts to me because we're probably never going to know. We're never mm-hmm. going to know 100% did he or did he not. But it's like you still want an ending. You still want to know what's next, where what's going to happen with him all of that because you kind of need that to feel like fulfilled and know feel like you got the whole story yeah and she totally did her best i know people feel differently about this you know Mm -hmm. there were she couldn't include everything she stuck with the best storyline that she could but she really did try to stay objective i think and she goes back and forth in so many episodes i feel like he did do it i feel like he didn't do it i feel like he's lying to me Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something more he's not telling me she I mean she does a really good job of not falling on one side of the other so that the audience can have that figure it out choose your own adventure yeah and (laughs) she really inserts herself into that and you feel like you're on the same page as her and you feel like you're just having a conversation and going for along for the ride right next to her because she is also like you said just constantly which like which side of the fence am I on? And I don't know. I love that. I think she did an amazing job just in general with really all that we've discussed, the detail, mm-hmm. the just having like that connection with you. Maybe you're younger and you're into it and it's that connection to high school or 
just thinking it could happen to anyone. You could be charged with a crime even though you didn't mm -hmm. commit it, and that's something that blows my mind too. And how would anyone ever know? All goes back to relatability. That's key. <laughs> yes. Key for storytelling, mm -hmm. even outside of the true crime show. Yes. <laughs> Any anything, any storytelling relate to the audience. So those were some of the key pillars that mm -hmm. we looked at. Should we talk more about our favorite true crime we <laughs> stories? Tyler? I mean, where do we even start? Crime junkie, they're all amazing. I mean, my friend, I so the other day I was with my friend and we were driving and I was like, you need to listen to this. 100%. And she's like, okay, we can, we can check it out. And I've listened to every single one. So I was just trying to find one that I thought would be good, landed on one. And the whole car ride, she was on the edge of her seat and she was the one driving. She was freaking out. She's like, what's happening? She's like, I, I need to know what, and she was saying this out loud as it's happening. I'm like, just listen you have to calm down like take it all in just wait you don't even know what's gonna happen no chill oh it so is good. the best i really loved i didn't talk about this during our presentation but steven and i started watching the sopranos and so on hbo mm -hmm. so then i heard about if you like the sopranos you'll like crime town season one which Crime Town, for anybody who hasn't heard of it, it actually explores crime rings or larger crime stories, webs in various cities in the United oh. States. So the first season was in Providence, Rhode Island, and it's all about the mob, Ooh. the New England crime family. So they have the New York crime family, there's the Jersey crime family, and then you have the New England crime family, which is, <laughs> all the you layers. know, Rhode Island, Connecticut, it's... Massachusetts, Boston, and the mm -hmm. North End, they're hanging out. So that was really intriguing about how really from, it was like the 1950s or 60s through the 70s or 80s, how even the government was kind of wrapped up Ooh. in the crime with the mob and, you know, inside dealings. It's very interesting. See, I haven't listened to that, but I would love to. Yeah, second season good. was Detroit. That was also good, but uh, I still just because of the Sopranos, I see, and I, I haven't really watched the, first the Sopranos season. either. I'm wondering if I would like that. I feel like it probably would, but that that's another one. It's gonna be a busy weekend in general. <laughs> I think true crime. I can't do that. It's so nice outside. That's what winter is good for. I know. Just HBO has a lot of really great true crime stuff. So. I did start True Detective. How do you like it so I far? I love it so far. Season I'm, one. Uh-huh. Season one. Two episodes in, but I love it. I love the characters, and I am completely hooked. Who doesn't love Matthew McConaughey? I know, and, and he's so young. I was. I feel like I haven't seen him that young in anything, really. He's I don't know. Old. I didn't think he looked that old. I think they'd put good makeup on him. So he just looks different. Maybe it's not even young. It's different. I don't know. Something. He looks handsome. Yeah, he looks not nice. Not in, in like the flash forwards, but in the flashbacks, yeah. he's handsome. He's yeah, a they're rough. not really he's my style then, but, you know, whatever flows your boat. No. What else true you, crime are you loving? Um, I think some other true crime faves would be Serial. I mean, that is will always have my heart. I absolutely <laughs> love that story. It's insane. It's honestly, what's next? Even now with the HBO series, 
I cannot get enough whatsoever. I mean, and now it's done, and I don't. I still have so many questions. What's gonna happen? Uh, what you happens need to watch next? This. It is. It's a emotional, emotional time. But I think what I'm really hooked on right now is SVU. It's <laughs> That's a classic. A, it's just a whirlwind of all this different, all this different true crime, everything that it's like a mystery. Each episode is its own mystery, and you never know what's going to happen. You start watching it five minutes in, you're completely sucked in. So let me ask you a question because I okay. actually hear this a lot especially with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer when there are so similar to serial where it's yeah. one series of more mm. episodes telling one story or like Crime Junkie because Crime Junkie is similar to what you just said with SBU yep. that every episode explores a different case. That's a very tough question and I've <laughs> thought about that a lot because that's why I love Serial, because it was constant. We could listen to it on the car ride, and you are fully immersed in the story. But I think it has a little bit less of that shock value. So I I want to say I like the one-offs a little more, actually, because it's quicker. You get, you get that ending quicker, and it's just constant, like, rapid-fire, crazy facts, like, right out there, hitting, hard-hitting, and... I guess I just I like the quick the quick moving. Here's the facts. Oh my goodness. That was crazy. What are your thoughts on that? I think I agree with you because Crime Town 2 is a much longer more, you know, one season explores, mm-hmm. you know, so many different stories but it's all within the same kind of thread. And I like that, but I do really like the one-offs and you can go kind of explore more on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the great things too, so just so Skylar and I aren't, you know, not ambulance chasers here <laughs> or anything. One of the great things that Crime Junkie does, and I think some of these other true crime podcasts, um, it highlights stories that may not have been in the mainstream media. Yeah. So she has a few, they have a few that are bigger mm-hmm. stories, but most of the time they try to stay away from those and bring light to cases that have gone cold and there really have been no leads because they're trying to get, somebody saw something, somebody yep. knows something, mm-hmm. which is the name of another yes. podcast, <laughs> um, to help help move those cases forward and to help bring justice for those families as well, which I think is a, it puts a positive yeah. spin on what can be kind of a There's sad a subject. Yeah. For, especially in those missing cases, it's maybe someone will happen to be listening to this podcast. Who knows? They could be like this. I've, I've heard about this. I've seen this. You never know. I mean, and that's a long shot, but still, I mean, the person is still possibly out there and this is kind of getting it, getting it back into the news cycle, so to say. Yes. So Crime Junkie, one of the reasons Skylar and I love it so much is because there is this this mission of good behind mm-hmm. it. So uh, I think that's everything we wanted to talk about. True Crime faves, all of our communicators out there, you guys can dive into some true crime yes. and take away some tips. For stories, not for anything else. (laughs) Amp up your storytelling. Yeah. We hope you guys had fun listening to Skylar and I. Yes. (laughs)